good morning. It's, it's really good to see you all. Today I'm extra joyous as I present the Word of God to you um, as a family here at, at uh, Gateway Church. I have my family with me, so would you please welcome them. I'm always delighted to have them alongside. They pray for me, they support me in all kinds of things. So thank you for, for coming and uh, be present here. I, I didn't hear that one. Oh, please. Oh, certainly. Certainly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. We've been talking about uh, uh, um, freedom that God has provided for us. We've been talking about the well of salvation, Beersheba. And I'm really um, uh, encouraged by uh, a lot of uh, feedbacks that I've been receiving, especially this last week that the Lord has uh, touched a lot of lives. I believe that wherever the Word of God is communicated, there is, there is an action. We, I, I, I never doubt that. But uh, to really have it uh, in a physical way and people coming and uh, giving testimony is, uh, is, uh, uh, is very encouraging. So thank you for doing that. And uh, this journey is uh, such that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ wants to do this for his church. We are his church, and uh, as, as long as we are entering into his plan, his plan for us is to joyously draw water out of the well of salvation. Joyously. Whenever we need it. So maybe in our... Uh, um, uh, industrialization and civilization, we've gotten to the point where we don't need to draw water out of the well. Water comes uh, uh, through the system into our, our, our houses, but uh, you can really think back 40, 50 years where everybody depended for water to draw it out of a well, okay? So that is the picture that God wants to give us. Every time we need something, every time our spirit is, is hungry, um, um, drought hits our spirit. The Lord Jesus is saying that um, Christianity is not an up, up and down battle all the time. If you know how to access and where to access the water, even when you are in the valley, there is joy. When you are up on the mountaintop, there is joy as well. So this is the journey that we've been taking. But then we have divided the journey into two. Especially last week, I've talked about uh, from Ezekiel chapter 16. That gives us a pattern of how God deals with his people. You remember that? If you remember, come on, give me a wave here. Ezekiel chapter 16, it was the pattern that we've taken. The pattern is that I have walked by you and saw you and talked to you, engaged you in two forms. The first time when I walked by you, you were hopeless and thrown away. When I looked at you, I spoke over your life and I said, live. Hallelujah, come on. That is indicative of our salvation. He saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. So through grace, God spoke over our lives and then we got life. Then the Bible talks about that, again, the Lord Jesus or God is walking by, and he sees us the second time, but this time he sees us differently. We're ready for something better. Can you say ready? ready. Hallelujah. So he sees us that we're ready for another dose of grace. 
Okay? We're, 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 we're ready. I mean, the descriptive words were there. I don't want to use those right now. But uh, he says that you're ready for, for marriage. I see you. You have become beautiful. So then God says that now I have started another work of grace in your life, which was we put it under the umbrella of adornment. God starts beautifying his people because the church is his bride. And that's the journey that we have started last week. If you remember, the first adornment of the spirit of God to the church of God is freedom, spiritual freedom. Without spiritual freedom, really what is happening is that we are handcuffing God from being God. I really want you to think about this. We're praying, God, move. God, do something in my life. Do, move mountains, fill valleys, but in a way that because we're not ready and we're not receiving that grace of adornment, what we're doing to God is we're handcuffing him from doing anything in our lives. Because spiritual freedom is the basic need for the Spirit of God to start moving. All of a sudden, got quiet. It is really important for us to understand this. So the Lord Jesus comes with this new adornment of grace and says that, I want you to be free. When I do something in reaction to what I do, freedom gives you to give me the return back. That's what it is. So we have picked up that freedom, and I am really encouraged again because the worship team picked it up, the church picked it up, and uh, last week we were crying out, what, freedom. But today I want to take you, wherever the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. Then the second part to that is wherever the Spirit of God is, there is knowledge spiritual knowledge. The second adornment that Jesus wants to put over his bride is a spiritual knowledge. That's where I want to take you today. Scripture calls us to, to know God on a deeper level. If I start uh, um, unleashing all the scriptures that talk about uh, the encouragement and the call to know him, I mean, it is just countless. In the scriptures, it says that grow in the knowledge and in, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is never, Christianity is never an, an, an ecstatic religion. It is not something you step into and you die at where you stepped in. That is so sad. He wants us to, to, to step in and continuously walk with him. There was a small fellowship yesterday, and I was sharing the same thing with them. In, 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 I'm, I'm being reminded of that verse. You remember what, uh, in the wilderness, when God provided manna to his people, one of the commandments of manna coming across in Exodus chapter 16, especially verse 19, it says that, do not leave what is today's manna for tomorrow. 
That's exactly how it was phrased in there. Don't leave what is today's for tomorrow. I think we have, we have uh, uh, um, uh, learned and we have started to, to this uh, economic planning and, and, and uh, you know, just being wise for the future. We started leaving today's uh, grace, today's manna for tomorrow. That danger is not only in our spirits, but what that does is that it disconnects us from God. That's why God says, do not leave anything for tomorrow. If you, if you leave anything that was meant for today for tomorrow, then you don't see God or expect God to do something tomorrow because you have already said, come on, church. So God is saying that on, on, a, on, on a daily basis, I want you to come in. I want you to get to know me because you will never exhaust the knowledge of me as long as you live with me. This was a good place to give him glory. Can you imagine eternity in the future you live with God and you can never exhaust knowing God? What kind of God is that? Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. Never exhaust. So imagine us saying that, okay, I'm going to leave my knowledge of God for when I, do, when I see him face to face. So the church is languishing in this dry season because we're not giving our backs to the master to Adorn us with this spiritual knowledge. So, th so today I want you to take that journey with me. If you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to lay down the parameter of our walking together. Just so that I know that you're alive once in a while. <laughs> Give me this. Thank you. Appreciate that. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. I love that. Some people are underlining verses that directly speaks to them, and I, I'd be shocked if you have this underlined. Be really shocked. You know what this verse is telling us? Paul is saying that there is an ought to know level. You don't just choose to know God according to your own planning. You see that? There is an ought to level of knowing God. Come on, engage to your neighbor and say, you ought to know him to a certain level. Come on, help me please. There is an ought to level. So Paul is warning this church, a young church, that has a spiritual gifting and they thought that they were filled with the knowledge of God. He is saying that there is an ought to level. Don't deceive yourself by what you have known already and shut your door from getting to know God even deeper. There is an ought to level. So that, that's the, the, the roadmap to our journey together. What is that ought to level? How much should I know God? 
don't know if you've known this. I'm, I'm going to step on some toes here, but I'm known for that. So I'm not going to linger there. I'll step on it and come back out and we'll be friends again. We spend years in the body of Christ once we're saved. And our auto level of knowing him is just as much as the person that just walked into the door of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's it's, it's just amazing. It's mind-boggling sometimes when we see it. We know the language. We know the culture. We know the Christianity that we have within the body of Christ. But, But the older we get... One of the blessings that Moses blessed the children of Israel with was this. May your strength be equivalent to your days. Come on, church. Okay, should I try that side? They're always, always awakened. So the blessing is that may it be equivalent to the days that you are walking with the Lord. That means every day of uh, opportunity with God increases your spiritual muscle. Imagine taking 10 years in, the, in, in, in living with God. All of a sudden you become, oh, oh my goodness. That is the kind of blessing that Moses is giving out. Don't miss the opportunity. Grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an ought to know level in the body of Christ. So, I just want to start exposing some of the things. What is the problem then? If God is calling us to this, why are we not there? How how, how many can raise their hands and say, I'm satisfied with my growth here? I was going to step down and just leave from here. So, okay, come on, hallelujah. There are some people who have arrived. (laughs) Why are we not making progress? I'm just, I'm, I'm going to submit to you two mistakes That I have known in the body of Christ. The first one is that as much as God can be known has been revealed in his word. I'm going to repeat that. I really want you to get this because this is one of the tactics of the enemy in the Christian circle. As much as God can be known has been revealed in the word of God. When I read that's it. I read it 15 times. You, you follow that one-year pattern and you say, okay, I know God. That is the biggest mistake. I'm going to take you into two theological terms and then break that down. And then if we really shy away from this mistake, I think we're ready to grow. We're ready to grow. The first one is the idea of uh, what the theologians call exoteric. Exo is an external uh, circumstance. Exoteric means something out of us, outside of us. So the word of God is in the exoteric knowledge. It is outside of us. Okay, you read it, it's a mind thing. You, you, have a, you develop knowledge about the word, and you know how to discuss with others, and you know how to... Uh, 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 engage in conversation. Though that's, that's called in, in, in uh, theological terms, it's exoter- exoteric knowledge. But there is also an uh, isoteric knowledge, which is internal, experiential knowledge. That's where God is calling us. Okay? To weave these two knowledges together. The more I know Him externally through the Word, 
the more I am given opportunity to know him internally. Come on, church. Okay? Today, okay, this, this is secret. Don't tell the ones that are not here today next week, okay? It should be that we know more esoterically than the ones that are not here today next week. Does it make sense? Does it make? Because we've been exposed to a certain exoteric truth this Sunday. So with the more we grasp that, the more we work with that truth, we, we are a little more advanced than the ones that are not here. See, this is one of the reasons why people do not show up at the church, because they don't see any difference between the ones that show up and the ones don't. Oh, come on, okay. I, I, I think I, I went into bad territory here, Lord. <laughs> so the more we, we are trying, starting to transfer the external into an internal experience and say, I can't wait to go to church. I can't wait for God to speak to me. Okay, all, all uh, uh, appointments, uh, Sunday morning, uh, uh, no, no. No, no, no. We can't even go there. Sunday mornings, I am investing in transferring the external into the internal. That is between me and God. I'm not doing anything. You close the door. Why? Because you are on the journey of knowing God. Praise God. Praise God. So God is calling us into the deeper knowledge of him. So, the, 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 the first mistake is we say that exoterically, God is known and he revealed. I don't argue with you. The Bible reveals God as much as he needs to be revealed. But God is not stopping there. God is saying that what is written outside needs to be written inside. It's in the heart. It's no longer the graphe, the written word, it is the living word. The word has taken flesh, dwelt among us. It's not only about Jesus Christ. It's about all of us. The word is becoming an internal reality for us. Come on, give him praise. So when we are entering this grace of knowledge of God, we have to debunk this myth. We say that I, this is it. It's more than this. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you a little uh, dark prophecy. Okay? Very soon, even in America, in most Western countries, this will not be accepted. There will be persecution against the external word of God. If you have not transferred that in, then I don't want to be you then. The second associated with that, the mistake that we have in the body of Christ is that, okay, then the esoteric journey is too risky. Have you, have you heard that? Especially in non-charismatic churches, they say, Oh, okay, don't take me there. Don't take me into the internal journey. Because there, no, there is no known landmarks. 
I like staying in the external of the word. You say something, I say something, and we compare that. When we are entering into the internal journey, I don't, I don't want to be there. It's too risky. Satan lies to us in that way. Come on, church. Hallelujah. But who is the teacher? The Bible says that thy teacher shall be the Holy One of Israel. How could he go? There's no mistake. He's not going to hold your hands and lead you into. And again, let me remind you, one of the commandments in the Old Testament is do not lead a blind person off the path. He is the God who is calling you to walk with him. If he is telling us not to lead a person off the path, how could he himself lead you off the path? Come on. We're doing the internal journey together. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is going to pull us. He is going to transfer truth into experience. Now I know him. I hear him. My, last week you remember, my spectrum is widening. In hearing God, in speaking about God, my depth is getting deeper. So as long as the church is shutting that off, the spirit realm, we don't want to get there then I don't know how you would grow. A lot of seminaries in this country, they give you PhDs in, in these degrees with so many names on them. And all they have is the exoteric knowledge. <laughs> they step on a pulpit and they start giving <laughs> biblical knowledge mind to mind. The receiver receives it with mind, and we're lost. Is, is it any wonder that the church is the way it is? There has to be this experiential impartation. Hallelujah. The heart is expanding as the mind. Are you here? Praise God. So how are we doing this? I'm just going to give you a quick three things, and then... Uh, First one, I just want to expose a little bit of truth from the scripture. How is God knowing about things? What does he do? If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 8. Let me hear those pages turn. Or oh, are you depending on, okay. Turn the page up here then, brother. Romans chapter 8. Again, uh, uh, this may sound that I am uh, going a little... Okay, let me put it this way. Maybe I'm, I'm not translating. I'm not breaking these verses down the way you expect them to. Okay? Verses 26 and 27. Are you there? Can you say amen? amen? In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. Amen. I like that. Look at verse 27. And he, meaning God, who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Look at those two qualities of God. God who searches the, the heart of everyone, every living creation, knows the mind of the Spirit that is having difficulty exp expressing how to pray for you in words. 
So almost this, I mean, uh, I don't want to be uh, profane or I don't want to be, uh, um, um, I can't even think of the word, but I had good word here. But I don't want to be, but it is almost like telepathy. Okay? God knows this, the spirit that he deposited in the gentleman right here. So the spirit is groaning in, in this gentleman right here, but there's no words the natural things of the world is limiting the capacity of the Spirit to, 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 to intercede. But God, hallelujah, who sees the heart knows the mind of the Spirit. Do you see how God knows? God knows by putting the Spirit of Himself inside you. And the spirit has a hard time praying in the human language. Then God listens to the heart of the spirit inside you and says, I get it. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So basically, the scripture make it, make it uh, foundational truth to us. This is how God understands. I want to take you to Daniel chapter 10. If you, you don't have to turn there if you know the story. I just wanted to be sure that I'm talking from the scripture. So it's Daniel chapter 10. You remember Daniel has been interceding for his people. And he's, he fasted for 21 days and he presented himself before God. And the angel shows up. And the angel gives description to, to Daniel now. Daniel, from the very day that you, you, you took this journey... And uh, started uh, uh, debasing yourself for the, for the purpose of prayer. God had heard your prayer. But he says that he also, not only hearing, but he dispatched an answer back to you. When I left God and coming down on the second heaven, there was this king of the Persian. The spirit of the Persian, that stands for it. It's a demonic spirit over the country, that was not allowing me to come through for 21 days. So your answer delayed because of that. Okay? You're getting the, the idea. So it says, even after talking with you as I go back, I'm going to fight. through Going through the second heaven, going back to where I belong. So Daniel is understanding something. Whenever process of prayer is hand-deliverable, is that a word? Then there is a problem. There is always interference. The enemy can block whoever wants to come through. Gabriel. It can resist that for a certain amount of time. And you are crying out in the presence of the Lord. Why have you forsaken me? Lord. Because it, this was a UPS way of doing it. You see that? And God said. The word of God then says that that's the Old Testament concept. Now that we've gone into the New Testament. Where God is placing his spirit in you. There is no UPS delivery. System. Hallelujah. God knows. He understands. Do you see that? 
Are you glad that you are in the New Testament era? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is God's way of knowing. That's why the Spirit, the deposit of the Holy Spirit is critical in the life of a believer. Paul in his ministry, every time he went, he asked that, have you received the Holy Spirit? It's not only about salvation. Why? There's no way God will understand you then. So he's really transferring them from this old system of delivery to the new system of knowledge. God knows. In the church of Ephesians, he came and asked, and they said that, what are you talking about receiving the Holy Spirit? We have not even heard that he exists. The church is not taught into these truths. To seek for the Holy Spirit so that when he groans inside me, even as I speak right now, the Lord Jesus knows the mind of the Spirit inside me. And says, oh, we got to help this boy. Do you see that? How freeing is the truth in the scripture. So that's God's way of knowing things. But remember our path says that as much as we are known, we are going to know him. That's the ought to level. And the scripture says that, you know, the final knowledge is when we see him face to face. But up until that time, as much as he knows us, we have the capacity to know him. How many believe this? Because if you don't believe this, I, I don't need to continue to the, the, the rest of the message. Okay, you're not a worm. You're not a discarded being. When the Spirit came to reside in you, He gave you the capacity to understand God as well as you should. Praise God. Praise God. That's the ought to level of knowing God. That's where He is inviting us. Now, okay, then with that, we'll go to the second thing then. Turn your Bible. For this one, I want you to turn over 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to start from verse 7. Somebody shout, praise God. Praise God. Verse 7. But we speak God's wisdom in mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood, if they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, listen to this. Things which eyes has not seen and ears has not heard. And which have not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for his beloved. Hallelujah. Come on, give him. You know what it is saying? That what God has prepared for you and trying to lead you into, eyes has not seen, ears have not heard. heard has, it, it has never entered into the heart of man. That's what he has prepared for us. Somehow we have to know that though. That's the argument of Paul. Okay, let's continue verse, uh, verse 10. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. 
No one knows them, but we know it. Can, 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 are you okay to say that? Sometimes, you know, in, 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 you know, in, in our desperate uh, ways of communicating the gospel to others, we, we start taking people through some of the things that the Bible describes as it has never entered the mind of the heart of people. But somehow we want them to get it. Have you ever been there? Heaven, and you start describing to them, it, the Bible says they can't get it. A natural person will not get the things of the Spirit of God. You're not going to convince them it's not science, it's not biology. This has to be something illuminated by the Spirit of God. Come on, church, please. So what he's saying is that even us, Paul says, there, there would have not been a way to know about this had God not allowed the Holy Spirit to communicate it the same way to us. I just want to stop here. Well, let, let me read one more verse and then we'll come back to this. Look at verse 11. From who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Okay? Help us, God. So this is so far what we have covered. The Spirit of God is inside us. And God wants to know anything about me. And he searches the mind of the Spirit and understands what's inside me. Now I want to know God. Flip the table. The same way. God says that the same spirit that was deposited inside you is also in me. And he searched the deepest things of God. Now you have access to the same spirit that searches the heart and the mind of God. Are, are you here? Are you, is, is this making any sense? So look at the way God knows me is the same thing, the same way that I can know God. But I have to be open to the Spirit of God to teach me, to open my eyes, to impart life to my dead senses, so that all of a sudden I start getting who God is through the same Spirit. Let me stop here and ask you something. Sometimes it's, uh, it gets to the point where it's so beyond us. We just sit there and listen. Okay. All right, it makes sense, but what is that to me? But let me stop and ask you. Look back over your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and see how you have grown. Okay? I bet to say that most of us have grown through some hardships. Because that's the only way that we understand the hand of God. In fact, we resisted the hardship so much. We rebuked the enemy thinking that it was the enemy for years. Before our eyes got open and told, is that you, Lord? You see that? 
That's not the ideal way of knowing God. That's what I'm trying to, to tell you today. When that adornment of knowledge comes, it is faster, it is more streamed of knowing God. The body of Christ is given as spiritual gifts. Individuals have deposits of the alertness and the, the sensitivity of the Spirit of God to know who God is. As church, when we are allowing that knowledge, that truth to saturate our, our worship system, then before long, it is, it, it, our, our growth is like, uh, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is, uh, it's uh, exponential growth. Understanding of God comes in a different way. He doesn't have to put his, uh, his elbow over you and do this all the time to just give you a little glimpse of who he is. You see, you see what I'm talking about? The church is walking under this burden of, of God teaching us. Can somebody say adornment? adornment. As he adorns us with this. Now the Holy Spirit starts imparting that truth to us. And people start getting fatter in the spirit. They're getting more mature. Their understanding is clearer. God does not slap you. He doesn't need to do that to say, hey, stop from where you're going. <laughs> ah. Do you want to be that kind of church? That's a question, really. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way that I, okay. But this is the, the things of, of the drawing water out of the well of salvation. He has adorned you with a spiritual gift. He wants to, I mean, with, with freedom. Now he wants to adorn you with a spiritual gift, spiritual understanding. Okay, the Bible says that in, in uh, Malachi, uh, not, not Malachi, um, chapter 2, verse 20. One book. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes, the older people and the young people, I'm going to pour down my spirit on them. Okay? Some of the manifestation of the poured down spirit is very, very interesting there. Okay? There is prophecies. There is dreams. Okay? How many, how many have heard that uh, there is, a, there is a, this uh, outpouring of dream in the, in the uh, Islamic community? Okay? He's showing himself to them through dreams. Okay? It's no more earthquake. It's no more this and that. He's coming to them. Imagine the church getting that kind of dream, like, like Joseph. God gives you a dream where he's taking you. Okay? How things are going to work out. Versus you living 30 years and look back and say, oh, God, thank you, God, for... You see that? That's why he says, cry out for the manifestation and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. It is vitally important for us to, to start crying out in our prayer meetings and say, Lord, we need you. 
because then how I know you is going to change. What is the, my, my, my last point, what is the right mindset then? Stay, stay in the second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read 14 to 16. I'm going to wrap it up and then we'll have a time of prayer here. 14 to 16. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. My translation. But he who is spiritually, uh, he, he who is a spiritual appraises all things. Yet he himself uh, is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. What else do you want? Is it money? Fame? When you become spiritual, what God gives you is the mind of Christ. You start knowing how he would act. Come on, church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. May the Lord bless you over and over again. We have the mind of Christ. Look how it is tucked into the verse, verse uh, 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Look at the question. That he will instruct him. You see, usually having the mind of God, the mind of Christ, is in a negative connotation. The negative is when you know him, you instruct him to do things for you. You see that? That's where he's tucking it into. That's why the danger of the churches that don't have the mind of Christ, why you would, you would instruct him. But that's not how it is put here. Others want to find out the mind of Christ so that they can bully him into things. But for us, we have the mind of Christ so we can be on the same wavelength. Praise God. Praise God. So this is the right mindset. What is the right mindset? Is to be outside of the natural thinking system. It is my prayer to the church, gateway church here, that the Lord will yank you out of the mindset of naturality, the natural system, okay? the soulish lifestyle, where you are so much dependent on the exoteric, you don't want to allow the Holy Spirit to press in. The natural person is opposing to the work of the Spirit. They're not allowing him to move forward. So as we pray, you could fall into three categories. Of, I'm going to list them. One, you may say that I don't even know the Holy Spirit exists. I mentioned that from the scripture, so you're not alone. Some people do not know that. They've grown up in the church where the Holy Spirit has not been communicated. 
It's not fault of yours, but you need to know him regardless. <laughs> so as we pray today first, you could be in this category where you say, I don't know. Second, you could be in the category that you're resisting the Holy Spirit. I don't like it in the charismatic movement. I don't like it this way. I don't like that way. I, okay, stay away from me. That's not a wise move either. All right? In the third one, you could be in the category that uh, I have uh, known the Holy Spirit, but I would like to release the gift of the Holy Spirit from inside my heart. I want to use the power and capacity of the Holy Spirit to know God more. And even better, to make him known to others. You could fall into these three, yeah, praise God. You could fall into these three categories as we pray today. But I would like to call out the elders of the church forward as we pray. Please stand to your feet. I think I've kept you on the seats long enough. To our feet, elders of the church, please come forward. We are in transition in this church. I am aware of that. We need to know the mind of Christ. Don't you think? How many agree? We need to know the mind of Christ. We're not looking for impressive pastor. We're looking for a pastor in the mind of Christ for this church. But the church has to agree with this. God, God will never force himself on us. So as the elders are out here, they're praying for three categories. Okay, we're going to have a silent prayer, and they're praying individually as the Lord allows them to pick for three different categories. One, I don't know the Holy Spirit's existence. Second, they're resisting. People are resisting the work of the Holy Spirit. Third, I'm ready to release it. As we're praying, if the Holy Spirit nudges you, come forward. Please don't walk away with that nudge inside you. He's saying, this is your day today. Okay, your, your growth of the Spirit is going to leap exponentially as I am imparting my Spirit inside you. So don't, don't leave if the Holy Spirit is nudging you. So eyes closed, heads bowed, bowed down. And then this is... This is in, in the presence of the Lord, I just want to remind you. The master is here. You know what is more interesting? He already knows what is inside you. Because he searches the heart of the mind of the spirit inside you. So as we take a few minutes in prayer, you know which category you are in. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If he nudges you, come forward. Elders, continue to pray for the church. God has deposited the lives and souls of these people into your hands. It's not a position. You're not a hireling. This is a call from the Holy Spirit. You're praying for the sheep that the Lord has given in your hands.
If the sheep do not hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you can't lead them. Where can you lead them? That's why it is important for us to open our hearts and say, Lord, I'm praying for the people. Would you do that? Just a couple more minutes. Thank you, Lord.